You're listening to the Paleo NP podcast, episode number 26. Welcome to the Paleo NP podcast. I'm Martha, a family nurse practitioner and creator of MarthaFlorence.com. I live in Anchorage, Alaska with my boyfriend and fur children. I'm here to share my take on integrative health, nutrition, and fitness, answer your questions, and talk with health and wellness experts. You can submit your questions at MarthaFlorence.com. Enjoy this week's episode. Remember that the materials and content within this podcast are intended as general information only and are not to be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Welcome back to another episode of the Paleo NP podcast. This week, I want to talk about sun exposure since summer officially starts. Summer actually starting in June is always a weird concept for me because mid-June in Alaska is often when the weather becomes unreliable and rainy and most of us who live here feel like summer is basically over already. We've been enjoying our endless daylight and given the forecast for this week, which involves a lot of rain, we may have already had our summer. I just want to mention too, before we get started talking about sunshine, that I actually extended the deadline to register for the Unbreakable Athlete Program. So if you're listening to this podcast in real time, it's June 20th, and I've moved the start date to July 2nd. So if you do have some time to register, if you're interested in that, and I talked all about that on last week's podcast, I'll link to the info page in the show notes, but you can also find it at marthaflorence.com slash unbreakable dash athlete. And if you have questions, you can feel free to email me or find me on Instagram and ask me a question there. All right, so I wanted to talk about a few things related to sun exposure because I came across an article that I'll link in the show notes about sun avoidance being a risk factor for death, which sounds really extreme, but there's way more to unpack there. And then it also brought up a whole bunch of other things in relation to sun exposure. And I was doing a lot of research about sunscreen and skin cancer and vitamin D because Beauty Counter, which is the safer skincare company that I work with, just released a new line of sunscreen. And I've been getting a lot of questions about that, and I was trying to educate myself so that I can share that information with others. Mostly what I've discovered is that unfortunately, like almost everything else related to health, this is not a black and white issue. So when it comes to sunscreen and sun avoidance, the risk for cancer is probably the number one thing that motivates people to put sunscreen on or to stay out of the sun, besides the obvious fact that having a sunburn is uncomfortable. There are multiple types of skin cancer that, and your risk varies for each kind. So for squamous cell or basal cell carcinoma, which are less serious types of skin cancer, your overall cumulative sun exposure is what puts you at risk, specifically though times when you've gotten a sunburn. And melanoma, which is the more serious and complicated kind of skin cancer, your risk for developing that is actually based on your pattern of sun exposure. So if you're like me and you live in Alaska and don't see the sun for months and months, and then you go on vacation to a warm place and get a sunburn, doing that over time puts you at a higher risk for melanoma. And unfortunately, it's not as simple as sun equals skin cancer risk. There are other things that play into this. So one thing that I've learned is that vitamin D deficiency um, is a huge risk factor, not only for skin cancer, but for other types of cancer as well. So is exposure to certain chemicals, the status of your immune system, smoking, family history, having fair skin, and being a redhead. 
But looking specifically at the sun exposure piece of the risk, there is a bigger effect on risk from getting a sunburn than from getting a tan when it comes to all forms of skin cancer. And just some statistics from a few studies. One study showed that burning increased your risk of melanoma up to 2.4 times. It increased your risk of squamous cell carcinoma by 32% and your risk for basal cell carcinoma by 48%. But the increased risk was only in men and not women, which is really interesting. So men are actually at a much higher risk for skin cancer than women. Another study found that non-burning sun exposure was actually associated with a decreased risk of melanoma, while sunburns are associated with double the risk. Also, the more often that you get a sunburn, the higher your risk of developing cancer is. And this is true for all types of skin cancer, but the correlation is stronger for basal cell and squamous cell carcinoma than it is for melanoma. And I think this is really important in the context of how we live our lives today, because context always matters. And if you are working inside and spending a lot of time inside, and then you go on vacation somewhere or suddenly increase your exposure to the sun, your unconditioned skin will get burnt. Whereas if you were to spend smaller but more frequent amounts of time outside in the sun, your skin will slowly adapt to that sun exposure and you won't burn. And then you have a much lower risk of developing skin cancer. But we unfortunately seem to be a very much an all or nothing society, which I think accounts at least a bit for these rising rates of skin cancer that we're seeing today. There is also some evidence that shows that small bits of sun exposure can actually increase the ability of your DNA to repair itself, as well as help with vitamin D production, which I'm going to talk about in just a minute. So this idea of getting little bits of sun exposure over the course of the day is actually protective and beneficial is due to something called photoadaptation, where your skin slowly darkens and thickens as you get more sun exposure, which is actually a protective mechanism. Shifting gears a bit here to talk about sunscreen use, there are some people out there in the health sphere who claim that sunscreen use actually increases your risk for cancer. And while there may be some truth to parts of that, it's not entirely true. So prior to 1980, sunscreen did increase your risk of melanoma by about 2.3%, but that was due to some of the chemicals in the sunscreen that were maybe fine on their own, but then they reacted with the sun and contributed to the development of skin cancer. But those chemicals have actually been removed from sunscreen. The other thing to consider with this chemical exposure is that low levels of exposure to any kind of chemical that may or may not be safe can increase your toxic load in your body over time, and that can contribute to your risk for all types of diseases. So it's not necessarily that you're using loads and loads of sunscreen that has loads of terrible chemicals in it. It may just have low levels of chemicals that we don't know whether or not they're safe, and that can contribute to your overall toxic burden, and that can actually increase your risk, not specifically for sun can skin cancer, but for other diseases as well. And I think I've explained this in other episodes as you have your toxic, your body is able to carry a certain amount of toxic load, and it does detoxify those things on its own continuously, but that function is like a jar of water in a paper bag. So you are constantly putting things, dripping water into that jar, and you can't see how full it is, and you never know at what point 
one of those exposures is going to cause the jar to overflow and you're going to get symptoms or develop some sort of disease. So that I don't have any specific data to back up that claim related specifically to sunscreen, but it's not a black and white issue. So increasing your overall toxic load using chemicals on our skin that haven't been proven to be safe, that is likely to have an impact on your overall cancer risk. Also, there is no solid evidence that shows that using sunscreen decreases your risk of developing skin cancer. But this could actually be due in part to the fact that people are using sunscreen to spend more time in the sun or to be in the sun longer, or it could be due to the type of sunscreen they're using, or they forgot to reapply it as you're supposed to do every couple of hours. So it's hard to remove some of those confounding factors. One of the theories here is that people are slathering themselves up with so much sunscreen because they're afraid of getting skin cancer that they're actually missing out on some of the benefits of non-burning sun exposure. So that's that low level sun exposure that I talked about a few minutes ago. So when you work inside all week and then go spend the weekend at the lake and slather yourself with sunscreen, but forget to reapply it and end up getting a sunburn because you spent six hours in the sun thinking you were covered because you put sunscreen on, you're actually at a much higher risk of developing skin cancer, specifically melanoma, than if you were to spend 15 minutes outside in the sun every day at lunch and then you went out to the lake on the weekend. And even if you forgot to reapply the sunscreen, that low level of sun exposure over time at lunch throughout the week, over the course of weeks and months, will actually help your skin adapt so that you're less likely to burn and you are at a lower risk for developing cancer. Obviously, if you have very fair skin or if you're a redhead, you may need to use more caution. But the point here is that small amounts over time are actually protective. Another theory about why sunscreen doesn't decrease skin, can skin cancer risk is because of vitamin D deficiency. So something like 75% of people in the US are deficient in vitamin D. So that combined with all of the inflammation we have from eating high sugar diets, which can also contribute to a vitamin D deficiency, as well as eating meat from animals that were not raised outside, so their meat doesn't contain high levels of vitamin D. All of these things contribute to that and it's hard again to tease out what is the cause. But there are also studies that show that supplementing with vitamin D in pill form doesn't completely negate the risk. So vitamin D supplements are not an adequate substitute for sun exposure. And this comes from looking at certain condi conditions such as high blood pressure and specifically melanoma and seeing that those conditions do not improve with vitamin D supplementation, but they do improve with sun exposure. Another aspect of this is something that I talked about last week when I talked about naps, and that's the role of the sun in circadian rhythm regulation. And a mismatch of circadian rhythms is actually a huge risk factor for cancer. So people who work night shift are at a higher risk uh, for cancer than those who do not. So sun exposure is really important there. And to just drive this idea home, a quote from the paper that I referenced at the beginning of this episode states that non-smokers who avoided sun exposure had a life expectancy similar to smokers in the highest sun exposure group, indicating that avoidance of sun exposure is a risk factor for death of a similar magnitude as smoking. How much sun exposure should you be getting in order to not burn and make sure that you are getting good vitamin D production? Unfortunately, that question is also kind of hard to answer and it depends on a lot of things. So if you have dark skin, you need more sun exposure to make the same amount of vitamin D as someone with lighter skin. And then of course, where you live plays a huge role in vitamin D production from sun exposure. 
So at 40 degrees latitude, which is about the line from San Francisco to Denver to New York City, about 15 minutes of sun exposure without sunscreen should be adequate to make um, enough vitamin D for you. And that means that you have maybe your arms and your legs and your chest and your face exposed. So you're wearing shorts, a short sleeve shirt, and not wearing any sunscreen. There is evidence that shows that no vitamin D production occurs during the winter months above 50 degrees of latitude. So that's pretty much anything north of Seattle. And that most people north of 50 degrees latitude aren't making enough vitamin D during the summer months, especially in a place like Alaska, to carry them through the winter. And these latitude approximations differ depending on the source, but that's basically the gist of it. And if you live, so if you live farther north, you may need longer sun exposure to get adequate vitamin D production. One thing that I've just started doing and really just out of curiosity was using an app called D-Minder, which is a free app, and it will tell you based on your location when you can make vitamin D from the sun. It uses your location to tell you the angle of the sun, and then you can tell what the weather is, so how much cloud cover there is and how much skin you have exposed, and it will actually estimate the amount of vitamin D you produce in a given time. There's even a timer on it, so you can set the timer, um, and it'll track how much vitamin D it thinks you're making. You can input like how much you get from your diet. It's pretty cool. I wouldn't rely on it necessarily to know that I do or don't have a vitamin D deficiency. That's something you would want to get a lab test for, but I think it's pretty handy just to know, especially for me in Alaska here, to know what times of day I can go outside and make vitamin D and what times of year. I'll be interested to see what it says in the wintertime. One other thing that I want to touch on since it's an important part of this conversation is sunscreen. So there are two different types of sunscreen. There's chemical sunscreens and physical sunscreens. And like most things these days, there's a lot of conflicting information out there which about which is better and why. So physical sunscreens are mineral-based and they actually reflect UV radiation off of your skin. And chemical sunscreens work by absorbing UV radiation and dissipating it as heat. So which is better? That's again, not an easy question to answer, but my thoughts are that with chemical sunscreens, the chemical that they, the chemicals that they use have a high likelihood of causing skin irritation or an allergic reaction. And a lot of them have actually been identified as endocrine disruptors. And personally, I don't think that slathering something on my skin, which your skin absorbs all the things that you put onto it, um, I don't think that slathering something on my skin that's going to mess with my hormones is necessarily a good idea. And while there are lots of studies done on rats that show that you need large amounts of these chemicals to have whatever negative effect they found, that absolutely does not mean that chronic low levels of exposure are safe. And what we're finding more and more these days is that those chronic low levels of exposure to any potentially harmful chemicals is actually worse than one-time bigger exposures because it's kind of like with chronic stress in that it's constantly taxing your detoxification pathways and not necessarily giving them time to keep up or recover. And this is actually one of the reasons why I feel so strongly about using safer skincare products in general, because reducing these chronic low levels of exposure to substances that we don't necessarily know to be safe is critical for health in general, but it's even more important in preventing or reversing chronic illness. And something that I want to just clarify is that just because we haven't found them to be harmful. So just because we do testing in a lab and have not found there to be any negative effects does not necessarily mean that they are safe because the way that they're tested in a lab 
Usually they're tested on rats, which you can't always compare to human exposure. And usually they are given very, very high doses of these things to get whatever negative effect. And if they don't get that negative effect, then it's considered to be quote unquote safe. But really what it is, is not necessarily safe. So in chemical sunscreens, the best studied ingredient is oxybenzone, which we actually now know is harmful. But again, that's not necessarily the only one. And if you didn't know this already, Hawaii has actually banned the sale and use of chemical sunscreens that contain oxybenzone because it caused so much damage and harm to the coral reefs that they decided to just ban it from the state. And I think that this is actually going to be a trend that we see more of as we learn more about some of the other potentially harmful ingredients in chemical sunscreens. So even if you aren't concerned about it on your body, it's important to consider the impact that it has on the environment. So I think that a mineral sunscreen or physical sunscreen is a better option for sunscreen just based on personal safety and the impact that they have on the environment, which is really how this whole episode came about because like I said, I was just doing some research to answer some questions about the new Beauty Counter sunscreen and I found a lot of interesting information that I wanted to share. So just some final thoughts. One is about diet. So there is some evidence that shows that eating a diet that is high in antioxidants can actually decrease your risk of skin cancer. So making sure that you're eating plenty of fruits and vegetables is actually protective against cancer and good for your overall skin health because your skin does actually have some antioxidants in it. It also increases the amount of radiation that you would need in order to get a sunburn. So if you're someone who burns easily, making sure that you're eating something like an anti-inflammatory or paleo diet is that contains plenty of fruits and vegetables might actually make you less likely to burn. And I've not seen any actual studies on this, but I have heard plenty of anecdotal evidence about it. The one other thing that I think is important to take away from this discussion is that the all or nothing approach isn't ideal here. So either always being inside or always being outside, you need time in the sun for your skin to adapt to sun exposure, but you also need time out of the sun for your skin to regenerate and repair. And if you're someone who burns easily, or if you have a job that requires you to be outside most of the time, then making sure that you do get that little bit of sun exposure without sunscreen, but then using a sunscreen to help moderate that exposure is really important because sunburns do increase your risk of cancer. And it's also better to use sunscreen and still get sun exposure if you're at high risk for sunburn. But if you can get some exposure without sunscreen, that's really important too. So as I said at the beginning, this is not a super clear cut issue, but I think those points are the key things that I'd like for you to take away from this. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. I hope you learned something about skin cancer and sun exposure that you will help you feel better about going out in the sun. And as always, if you know somebody who might find this information useful, I would love it if you would share this episode with them. And if you're a regular listener who loves the show, it would mean a lot to me if you would head over to iTunes or the Apple Podcast app and leave a rating or review. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next week. <laughs>